Welcome to the Locked On Islanders Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the Monday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Hope everybody had a very good holiday weekend, enjoyed your Easter, your Good Friday, your Passover holiday, and uh, just stayed safe. And uh, look, I know it's uh, it's strange out there right now. And, you know, not being able to be with the people we normally spend holidays with, friends, family, loved ones, uh, in person is certainly a strange experience, but uh, look, I, I, I think that the important thing for everybody is to be safe, and I hope we all enjoyed the holiday as much as possible, and uh, really just sort of took a step back and appreciated some of the things that we all do enjoy all the time without really thinking about it. All right, lots to talk about today, some big news regarding the Islanders over the weekend. We'll talk about that. We'll also, of course, have our continuation of our look back at the greatest season in Islanders history, 1981-82, as we uh, wind down the regular season. And wow, you know, the more I researched this and got ready for it, the more I realized just how dominant that 81-82 Islanders dynasty team is, and wait until you hear some of the quotes from the players and the coaches that, uh, you know, what people were saying back then, because that team really was that good. Uh, First of all, if you have a question or a comment, a topic you'd like us to discuss, please feel free to email the show, the email address, LockedOnIslanders.com at gmail.com, and if you leave your name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the air, talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter, at Locked On Isles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter, at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I, and we'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news and notes. All right. The big news over the weekend uh, regarding the Islanders, goaltender Ilya Sorokin, really considered the best goalie outside of the National Hockey League, uh, announced that he was not going to be re-signing with his KHL team, and that is CSKA Moscow. The KHL season is over. Their playoffs started, but obviously they are not going to resume, according to everything uh, that's been said. So, 
April 30th, his contract expires, and according to his agent via Twitter, that means that he will be signing with the Islanders shortly after that. Now, all NHL free agent contracts, whether they be players from overseas or college free agents, anybody signing a new deal with an NHL team right now will be not eligible to play if and when play resumes this season. Anybody who signs a contract now will be only eligible to play when the 2020-2021 season gets started, hopefully on time in October. So Sorokin will soon, according to everything we've heard, be an Islander but he will not be able to play for the Islanders or for, you know, any other North American team right now until training camps get underway whenever that does indeed take place. Don't have to tell you much about Sorokin if you uh, follow the Islanders, and certainly if you've been listening to this podcast, we've mentioned him several times. Originally a third-round pick by the Islanders way back in 2014. And look, his numbers in the KHL speak for themselves. Last year, uh, 2018-2019, a 1.16 goals against average, 11 shutouts in 40 games, a win-loss record of 28-6-4, and and a 940 save percentage. This past season, in 40 games again, an off year by his standards, a 1.50 goals against average, a winning uh, a record of 26 wins, 10 losses, 3 ties or overtime losses, and his save percentage dropped, and I'll put that in quotes, all the way to 9.35. Now, CSKA Moscow did make the playoffs. No shock with a goalie that good uh, being your starter. They played four playoff games and won all four of them. Two wins by shutout for Sorokin in the playoffs. Gave up only three goals in four games for a goals against average of 0.73. And again, two shutouts in four games in the playoffs, no less. So you see why that he is considered the greatest goalie outside the NHL. He is right now, he'll be 25 years old on August 4th. So here is a kid just starting to get into his prime. He has proven how good he is in the KHL, there's really nothing left for him to, you know, prove in the Russian League, in the KHL. But to come here and play in the NHL, that's a whole different story. Now, of course, it may take him some time to adjust to the smaller, you know, less wide ranks. It changes the shooting angles. The style of play is different. So there probably will be an adjustment period for Sorokin, whether the Islanders have him start the season at Bridgeport or whether he starts the season with the Islanders. I I wouldn't be surprised if he starts the season with the Islanders 
ends up splitting time early on in the season, and then if he adjusts well and plays well, ends up becoming the starter. Of course, the other thing is uh, he's got to adjust to life in the New York area, in North America, not, you know, English, not his first language, and there'll be a little bit of culture shock also, I'm sure, for Ilya Sorokin. I mean, look, these guys are people. They have to make their adjustments, but either way, the Islanders look like they are set to get the best goalie outside the NHL, according to most scouts, coaches, experts, and uh, that's exciting news for Islander fans. Again, Tomas Grice scheduled to be an unrestricted free agent at the end of this year, and I would think that Varlamov and Sorokin are your goaltending duo when the Islanders get underway next season, but we'll have to keep an eye on that situation. All right, we will step aside when we come back. We will have this date in Islanders history uh, featuring a late-season game the Islanders needed to win to try to qualify for the playoffs, and we'll continue our look back at the 1981-82 Islanders as part of our series remembering the greatest season in Islanders history. All that and more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Islanders podcast. Time for this date in Islanders history. We take you back to April the 13th, 1994. The Thunderdome in Tampa Bay is the location. Islanders and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Islanders need a win to clinch the eighth and final playoff spot in the Eastern Conference that season. They came in uh, with a 36-35-12 record. This was the next-to-last game of the regular season, and the Islanders were fighting the Florida Panthers, uh, who were led by general manager Bill Torrey, the former Islanders Hall of Fame GM, for that last playoff spot. The first period was scoreless, the goaltenders in this one, Ron Hextall in between the pipes for the Islanders. The Lightning go with Darren Pupa. And after a scoreless first period, in the second period, it would be the Islanders breaking out on top. Steve Thomas of the Islanders, his 41st goal of the season from Derek King and Tom Curvers at 650. And the Islanders had a one to nothing lead. Islanders quickly made it two to nothing as Thomas got his second of the game, 42nd of the year. Pierre Turgeon, the lone assist at 12-18, and the Islanders led two to nothing. That is the lead they took into the second intermission. Things got a little rough out there. In the third period, Roman Hammerlick of the Lightning and Ray Ferraro of the Islanders go off for roughing at 10.59, and the veteran star Dennis Savard of the Lightning gets a 10-minute misconduct in the midst of all of that. A little scrum, no fighting majors, but a scrum nonetheless. Then, at 11.30 of the third period, Dennis Vasky of the Islanders off for tripping, and that gives the Lightning a power play opportunity, but 
Hextall playing very solid hockey here, shuts the door on the power play, and then Ray Ferraro off for tripping at 15:38, giving Tampa Bay one more chance with the extra attacker to try to get back into the game. But again, Hextall shuts the door, and the Islanders skate away with a two-to-nothing win. Hextall 30 saves to earn the shutout and the win and get the Islanders into the playoffs back in 1994 with one game to spare. Islanders outshot in this game 30-17. to Steve Thomas had four of those 17 shots. Pierre Turgeon was next with three. As for the plus-minus, Derek King, Steve Thomas, and Pierre Turgeon, the Islanders' top line, each a plus two in this game. And with that win, the Islanders guaranteed themselves a meeting in the first round of the playoffs with the New York Rangers, a team they had not played in the playoffs in four years uh, up until that point. And the amazing thing is, folks, going back to 1994, as of right now, that remains the last time that the Rangers and Islanders have met in the postseason. Uh, Steve Thomas, very happy with the way that Ron Hextall played, and Islanders fans who are old enough to remember the 93-94 season know Hextall was rather inconsistent, but here's what Steve Thomas said. If there was any game of the year you wanted to step up and pull your weight, tonight was the night. We needed it, and Al Arbor, then in his final year as coach of the Islanders, it's a good thing Steve Thomas whipped those two in, and I thought Hexy came up with a perfect game, controlled the puck all night. That was the quote from Al Arbor, and the Islanders set themselves up as the eighth seed. Now, you got to remember how that 93-94 season went. In the month of February, the Islanders struggled in January uh, even more so, but in March, they sort of righted the ship and managed to come away with enough wins to make the playoffs. The 2-0 win over Tampa was their uh, third straight and part of an eight-game unbeaten streak, a 5-0-3 streak that managed to get the Islanders into the playoffs. They ended up losing their last game of the year at Florida uh, the next day by a 4-1 to margin. So, quite actually, uh, this was the last victory for Al Arbor as coach of the Islanders, uh, unless you count that one game back in uh, 2000, uh, what was it, 2008, that he came back, it was 2007-2008 season, where he came back with Ted Nolan, was behind the bench, and they let him coach to officially give him that 1,500th coached game. But this win, the 2 to nothing win, the last regular win that Al Arbor had in his Hall of Fame coaching career as coach of the Islanders. All right, we will step aside. When we come back, we will continue our look back at the greatest season in Islanders history, 1981-82. More to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. 
right, welcome back to the Locked On Islanders podcast. We take you back to the greatest season in Islanders history, 1981-82. We are up to the month of March, and, you know, the Islanders were just red hot in February and just playing some of their best hockey ever, and they picked up where they left off in March, got the month started with a 9-5 to win at the Maple Leaf Gardens, Butch Goring, two goals, Mike Bossy, two goals, three assists, Brian Trottier, a goal and three assists, John Tonelli, two goals and three assists. In this game, Hector Marini broke his hand in a fight with Toronto's Bob McGill. Islanders, now this, again, to tell you how well this team was playing, they win 9-5 to five on the road, and Al Arbor's quote after the game, it wasn't classic, it wasn't what we wanted anyway. Uh, the Islanders allowing five goals on 22 shots in this game with Roland Melanson in between the pipes. Uh, Brian Trottier then gets a hat trick the next night as the Islanders beat Calgary 6-3. to three. That is the fourth hat trick of the season for Brian Trottier. Uh, and he now had a 21-game point-scoring streak, one behind Wayne Gretzky. But just to put into perspective how well he was playing, that 21-game point-scoring streak, 27 goals, 20 assists. So 47 points in those 21 games. Then the Islanders at home against Toronto beat the Maple Leafs 10-1. to Both Bossy and Dennis Potvan with hat tricks. Stefan Pearson with four assists. Trottier does get an assist to extend his point scoring streak. For Bossy, he got his 50th goal in this game. That is the fifth straight year he went over 50 goals. And up until that point, it had never been done before. Islanders then down the Rangers 6-4. to Bossy, two goals, two assists. Gillies, two goals. Trottier, four assists. And the winning continues. Islanders go on then to beat St. Louis in St. Louis 6-4. to Then they go into Minnesota to face the North Stars and skate to a 4-4 tie. Two goals for Gillies. 36 saves for Billy Smith. The Islanders trailed 2 to nothing in this game, but listen to some of these quotes after the game. Glenn Somner, who was then the coach of the North Stars, I don't know what you can do to beat them. I've been wondering that for a long time. Islanders now on a 7-0-2 streak, 22-1-2 also. And here's what Bob Bourne had to say after the game. Tell me if you don't hear a team that is so confident. I look at this team, and I think back to when I used to lie awake just before we'd play those great Montreal Canadiens teams. I used to think, oh, what are we going to have to do to beat that team? How the heck are we going to do it? Teams must think about us the same way now. They have to be thinking the only way to beat us is to catch us sleeping or to get a lucky break. It's the only way. Not only are the Islanders thinking this, And saying this, they're telling the media this, so other teams certainly know about it. Billy Smith, after that same game, we never think we're out of a game. That's how unbelievable this team is. 
I can't even remember the last time we thought we were out of a game. So, of course, when you get everybody talking like that, the next game the Islanders go out and lose 3 to nothing at home to the LA Kings. That was the first time the Islanders were shut out in 166 games, dating back to March the 2nd, 1980. It ended Brian Trottier's point streak at 25 games, which up until that point was the second longest in NHL history. The Islanders follow that up with a 5-2 win over the Colorado Rockies. Uh, Anders Kaller, a goal and two assists. Billy Smith extends his personal unbeaten streak to 16 games, 14-0-2, and in that game, Mike Bossy had a goal and an assist, and he set a new Islanders record with 135 points in a season. Islanders follow that up with a 3-3 tie at the Coliseum against the Blues. Wayne Babich scores with 3 minutes and 46 seconds left to tie it. And here's Al Arbor's quote. I'm not pleased. We played stupid in all categories. All they're thinking about is their individual points. Points, points, points. They're reading all those press clippings and their heads are being blown out of proportion. We'll get a needle and puncture them. Well, (laughs) that's Al Arbor's answer for a team that's overconfident. So what do the Islanders do? They roll off a six, uh, excuse me, a five-game winning streak to close out the month. They overcome a 2-0 deficit in Washington to beat the Capitals 3-2. Mike Bossy, the game winner, with 35 seconds left. Then they beat the Capitals at the Coliseum 8-1. Four goals for Bossy, two goals and an assist for Bob Bourne, Dennis Potvin with three helpers. Bossy in that game with the four-goal performance went to 303 career goals in 381 games. That made him the fastest ever player to get to 300 goals in his NHL career in that game a big brawl in the second period where 109 penalty minutes were handed out. Uh, So lots of misconducts and game misconduct to Lee Norwood of Washington and Brent Sutter of the Islanders. Islanders follow that up with a 3-1 win at home against Montreal. Billy Smith with 26 saves, a 5-4 win over the Whalers. Bossy getting the game winner with 24 seconds left. John Tonelli, two goals and one assist. And then they close out the month with a 7-3 win over the Rangers. Bobby Nystrom, two goals and an assist. And the Islanders beat the Rangers 7-3 to win the season series that year. Six games to two with no ties. For the month, the Islanders finish 11-1-2. and two outscoring their opponents 75-40 to as they clinched the best record in the National Hockey League with still a handful of games remaining on the schedule. Now, again, no President's Trophy just yet to be awarded, but if there was one, the Islanders certainly would have wrapped it up and won it that year as they were by far 
the best team in the league. All right, tomorrow we'll be back. We'll have the latest news and what's happening around the Islanders world. If there's new news on Sorokin, on different plans for the league to resume play, anything Islanders players are doing, we'll have it all for you right here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. And we will continue our look back at 1981-82, the greatest season in Islanders history. Don't forget, if you're enjoying the podcast, please leave us a five-star rating and a review on your podcatcher of choice. That helps us grow the Locked On Islanders family by helping other Islander fans find the podcast. That wraps up this edition of Locked On Islanders. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NHL as we look at a national perspective on the game of hockey. I'm your host, Gil Martin. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. See you tomorrow, and let's go Islanders.